Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money, a lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money, which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Top Hat. I am Travis Irvine, joined as always by Fernando. Hola, Travis. Hola, Fernando. And of course, this is a very special episode because our usual co-host, Ben Kissel, is in Europe. And he's doing all the European things that you're supposed to do. And, of course, he's doing his dispatches from Europe. Mm -hmm, So you're mm -hmm. not completely left out of the loop on what is going through the mind of Ben Kissel. And, of course, he's covering all the news that's fit to print from America, doing it from Europe. So That's a good American. Right? He is a good American. (laughs) That's why I always said about Ben Kissel. And uh, here today we're joined by another great American. Obviously, we like to focus on American politics on this show. But now and then, foreign policy takes the stage, especially on American media and especially what America has done to foreign policy Mm, around the world. Very important. And so we want to talk about what's happening in Iran with our good friend. You may know him as the co-host of Fraudsters Season 3 coming up next week. He's also a regular on the Karen Hunter Show. He's also a comedian. He's also a lawyer. He's also a video production expert. In fact, he produced a pilot for another uh, guest we had on last year who talked about Iran, Sermon Arbabi. And, of course, our guest here is the producer of that. He's really a revolutionary man here to talk about revolutionary times. Cena Gaznavi. Hey! Hey! Wow. I loaded up that Ooh, intro for that you. That was Real incredible. Nice. I, I know all chills. your credits. I got chills. You're, you're a good man. <laughs> I'm a father as well. You missed oh that. That's God. what I am right. first, Rewind guys. the tape. I am first an incredible husband, an incredible father, <laughs> a man of Christ. Can we say that, too? Anyway, welcome to the show, Cena. Great to be here, guys. So happy we're talking about this. Yeah, yeah, I think it's very, very important, especially, again, our listeners try to stay up on the news. And a lot of times, foreign politics, even when America is involved or not involved, it's very hard to wrap our it's heads super around. super hard. Because American politics is already crazy enough. Yeah. And then you're trying to take in other countries where we've had an impact. American foreign policy I don't think there's a country in the world that we've impacted more than Iran since the 1950s. So uh, obviously we had Sermon Arbabi on the show last year. A lot has changed since then. Um, Where are things at kind of in a broad stroke? And then we can kind of get into the nitty gritty. Uh, What has been happening in these last few weeks, months in Iran that has made it newsworthy in the modern times? Oddly enough, not much. 
Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on the yeah, show. Yeah, it's been great. We'll uh, uh, get Frosters back to making fun three. of MTG <laughs> and Frosters. Season three. Check it out. Well, guys, um, first, thank you so much for having me on. I love I love um, that you are talking about this because every Iranian wants more people to talk about this issue that's happening right, right. now. Mm-hmm. The protests, the burgeoning revolution that's happening in Iran all over the country. Oh, we could go into the history and stuff like that, but just to kind of like top level tell you what's happening over right. there. Uh, several weeks ago, a young woman, a young Kurdish woman was actually on vacation to see her uncle in Iran. And she was wearing her, her name was Masa Amini. And she was wearing her hijab a little, which is the head covering, a little exposing her hair. Okay. And the pastoran or the religious police or the morality police mm. picked her up and beat her oh, and basically killed her. Oh my God. Uh, you know, when did they kill her? Difficult to say. No one knows. Uh, but they said that she had a heart attack at the hospital or that she died on her on other means. But you could see any of the pictures. She was she was beaten wow. up very severely. Uh, and the sad part about this is that this isn't new. I've been talking about this uh, for as long as I can remember. The morality police has been doing this for decades this is what the Islamic Republic of Iran's regime does. Hmm. Since the revolution in 79, the, you know, they've been cracking down and oppressing women. It is gender apartheid in Iran right now. So question about this woman. Is she is she Muslim? Was she Muslim? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I believe so. so. She, she understood what wearing a hijab was and what, you know, the, the quote unquote, what you're supposed to the custom, right? Well, it's I mean, you could have a discussion on what is custom for Islam, right? It's all on how you interpret it. The more liberal interpretation of the Quran when it comes to the hijab is because they don't trust men to control themselves around women. And that's Mm. why women are supposed to be covered, which is Mm. fucking so stupid. Right. Which is the dumbest (laughs) possible interpretation of it. And then it kind of goes from there, right? And, right. And we more. can't control ourselves, so we must control you. Yes. Is kind of the idea behind it. And so you started to see, I think, uh, the morality police come into more power, I think, during Ahmadinejad, Judd, but they've always been around. Mm-hmm. Uh, they became a little bit more emboldened. They're kind of like this decentralized force uh, that's separate from the police and the military. And they're religious police, right? right? And so it is a theocracy. You'll find people that say that it's not a theocracy in Iran, but it is run because they have elections and stuff. So they'll argue that mm-hmm. they can elect a different president. But mm-hmm. the people who pick who can run for president in Iran are the religious leaders, Ayatollah Khomeini and the mullahs of like the Supreme Council of Intelligence that they have there. Wow. And question about this police. Do they have like, is it ultimate power? Do they have power above other police? What's the power? Does that make sense? The point of them is they're supposed to take you in and re-educate you basically Mm. and show you what you should be doing, right? That's what they're presumed to be doing. But imagine, you know, like a, a Marine has rules of engagement. Shoot. You know, shoot if you've been fired upon, that kind of shit, you know? Right. <laughs> These guys have none of it. That, no, yeah. Imagine, like, you're armed, right, with, like, batons, uh, and there's no guns, really, except for, you know, the actual uh, different forces that they're categorized as. Uh, but 
They're armed. They get to go out with their batons and they beat people in the middle mm. of the street. If you're holding hands with your girlfriend, what you can get beat in the middle of the street. But she's my girlfriend. Exactly. If you have pants that are or shorts on, if you're a guy, you can get hit. What? All kinds of different things that are absurd. Don't even t- start talking to me about gay people. Oh, Lord. if you're gay or trans, forget about it. You're thrown you're, off you're, of, off a building. You're fucked. Yeah, yeah. You're so super fucked. And this applies to tourists as well as residents, citizens yeah, of yeah, Iran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's brutal. All right. So let's I want to back it up just a bit too to kind of do a big picture of how we got here. Yeah. The history of the US's involvement in Iran is insane going all the way back to 1953, right? Yeah, the the coup of Mossadegh. And that coup, man, that coup was the model for the American coup <laughs> for, for the, the rest next 40 years. 50 years. 50 years. This is, they yeah. used that coup right. as the, the the template. Yes. And there's a great documentary called um I think it's just called Coup of 53. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right like Brazil title. 66. <laughs> yeah. Less fun. Really, really good. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's not on any of the major streaming sites. I think you have to like just Google it and it's like mm. a rent it on some rando site. But it's incredible the way they break it down. And basically, the, the democratically elected prime minister at that time, Mohammed Mossadegh, mm-hmm. said he wanted to basically nationalize the oil. So bring all this in. Ooh, and boy. the United yeah. Kingdom Oil. was like, well, fuck that. <laughs> right. And the Americans were like, also, fuck also, that. Also, fuck that. We're with you. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. right. this is post-World War II. Oi, oi, we ain't letting these towelheads <laughs> get our oil. And then the French were like, excusez-moi, moi aussi, je t'aime loyal. Oil, America, America. America's like, what the hell, the hell, those bad teeth English people are doing, we'll do it too. Hell yeah. Because this is post-World War II. Yeah. And at this point, it's the height of the cold. Cold War. This is 1950s. So it's almost one of those things as as America and England and France kind of joined forces to kind of take over the rest of the world in the name of the Cold War and to do it before the Soviets could do it. Yeah. So that's why they... And for so long, like, the the British and the Russians had been just chopping up the Middle East, right? They right, had been just, like, right. dividing it up, you know, all-you-can-eat buffet Since the end at of the, Sizzler kind of the thing. end of the uh, Ottoman Empire. Yeah. Which, that was an empire where you could really put your feet up. Thanks so much. I'll show myself out. <laughs> Unless you were Armenian. Okay. Great. Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. Ah. I remember John Oliver did a great bit on the old Daily Show when it was still hosted by Jon Stewart about this called Sir Maps-a-Lot. Yeah. Where after World War One, they really did just start chopping up <laughs> the Ottoman Empire arbitrarily putting yeah. lines here that they had no idea about the the cultures, different cultures, right. no, the different cultures. tribes that were living no. there. It was such a mess. And then that got us to World War II, and then post World War II, this is where Iran. Speaking of comes back, drawing lines. A quick aside, I remember like in the 2000s when we were in Iraq and stuff. Like the, the there was an idea that was going around Congress that they wanted to try to divide Iraq into um, the Shiites, the Sunnis, and the Kurds, and then have them be like three separate places. And mm, I, right. I remember thinking, I was like, well, this is, this is, we're the dumbest p- people on earth. <laughs> yeah. These are the people running the country. They think they can just draw lines randomly and everything will be okay. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so, so the coup is orchestrated right, by right, the United right. States right. And, and the United Kingdom. And what's funny is that there's actually a debate sometimes of who, who led it better. this is great in the documentary you should definitely check it out um and so that kind of set off this um you know the united states was backing the shah the shah by the way of iran the king of iran awful dude right Right. you might think like oh better than a theocracy but still worse we're talking like 
Donald Trump versus Ted Cruz. I don't know which one's which, right. but like both are awful, right? Sure, yeah. And so you might be like, if Donald Trump was in office, I wish I had Ted Cruz. He'd be like, no, you don't wish you had Ted Cruz. Right. I mean, it's like it, you, you can't win. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, there were more liberal policies and stuff like that. There were more ways for women to be free. There wasn't gender apartheid going on. But what's happened, and this has happened throughout the entire course of Iranian history, where there will be this kind of up, um, this backlash against the people in power uh, through religious means. If they mm. feel like power is being corrupted, then they will use religion to overtake it. And then you'll have this push and pull that's happened. Mm. I've been going through this old history of Iran book, and it's very complicated. And almost like twice a century, some shit flips. In Iran. Right, right. And it's really, really crazy. And so what you have since 53 is the United States backing the Shah. And then the Shah starts saying, I'm going to be the king shit. I'm going to be the king of kings. I want to be the biggest motherfucker. Oh, you're world. seeing all the power and money and weapons got to his head. Huh? Yeah. He said, I want to be the fourth most industrial power in the world and stuff like that. And America was like, I don't think so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's California's job. Yeah, right, right, right. We've already got that covered. Yeah. So. They basically helped bring back, uh, bring in Ayatollah Khomeini. And that's how you started mm. to get this. And Khomeini got popular, by the way, kind of like how Jay-Z did back in the day. Mm -hmm. Just mixtapes through the bazaar. People were just listening to him speak like a podcast. Right. Right. Wow. And they were just like, ah, this guy's like making a lot of sense. Saying. Because, oh again, gosh. if you have a corrupt person in power, you have liter literacy rates plummeting. You have uh, economic, uh, you know, issues. Just all these things were just bubbling up. And then the Shah was the most opulent Shah of Shahs, oh, yeah, right? Yes. I mean, there's like other <laughs> stuff where they he did like most expensive party in the human history and stuff. There's all these things, you know, and if you're hungry, if you're having a rough day right. and you see your king doing right. this. And this isn't like a figurehead king. This is like he's the king. Literally. Yeah. He's the yeah. king. Shah. So, uh, yeah. And then, there, you know. Then the revolution happens, right? And right. So Khomeini starts to come around, maybe what late sixties, early seventies. Uh, in the seventies, he gets exiled to France, and then he and then he comes back. Okay. And then and of course OPEC is at the height of their power. Yeah. Oh, leading yeah. up through the seventies right. uh, with the oil shortages and the, the basically raising prices. This is what was the plague of Jimmy Carter's administration in the late seventies, and the final plague of Jimmy Carter's administration in nineteen seventy eight seventy nine. Is the revolution? Yeah, and you know that's how I exist in this country. And oh my god, yeah. So Go on. my parents and my brother <laughs> left after the revolution. They were in the revolution, right? My mom, even oh when I talk gosh. to her about what's going on today, she just doesn't want to even think about it because she's already been burned, right? right. And she sees. You can imagine, you're overthrowing corrupt power. Mm -hmm. You're so happy about it's it. It's gonna be great. It takes months, right? Right. It takes months to do, and the Shah flees. Uh, and then the dust settles and all of a sudden mm. they come into my mom's office where she was a geologist and a boss at this industrial firm. And they said, you have to wear this hijab. No men can take orders from you and you can't be by yourself in a room with a man. Uh oh! But you can keep your job. Don't worry Ooh. about it, buddy. <laughs> Habibi. <laughs> Wrong culture. Anyways. <Okay. laughs> yeah, I'll show myself out. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's funny because no, not a lot of people know it's a wrong culture. Yeah, I thought I was it right on the money still, here. It is still a term of endearment. Well, yeah, uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Okay, we understand. Okay, I know where you. your heart is, Travis. Thank you. Uh, and, so, 
so, I just love your mom so much. I guess for our listeners who don't know, Habibi is, it means uh, my love, right? It's like, yeah, my love in Arabic or something. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. Um, Not so, Farsi, though. So, <laughs> yeah. So they flee with my brother because also Iran was starting to get into involved with Iraq and they were starting to have problems. And so then conscription into the military was going to be a problem for my brother, who was older, right? Mm. And so they were like, well, <laughs> we're not sticking around for our son to become a martyr. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my dad had some health issues. So they were like, we're getting out of here. So they uh, smuggled him through Pakistan and then left from Pakistan to America where my dad's brother was. Wow. And that's how we ended up in fucking Pittsburgh, the hotbed oh, of baby. Persians. Hmm. <laughs> Spend enough time in Pittsburgh. You're like, uh, hey, Iran's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, in all seriousness, your story reminds me so much of our Sarman or Bobby interview from last year because mm -hmm. he his family was in a similar position. I mean, the 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 revolution had happened, and then all of a sudden, everyone who thought they were getting new leadership, um, you know, democratic leadership, um, was forced out. And so he had a very similar escape story where they had to go through other countries. Can you just maybe talk about that for a second? What that was like for your parents? I mean, did they are they open about that? Do they? You know, my dad okay talking about would tell this one story, mm -hmm. which I think sums up their immigrant sense of humor and how they got to the country. Because, you know, when you go through a weird trauma like that and then you come to America and then you like raise kids and you raise a, an American kid like me that's born in America, you all you think about is just surviving in America mm -hmm. and excelling for your children. And that's all you think about in the security. And you kind of disassociate from those things in the past. And what happens when we disassociate? We usually kind of have a joke or we kind of like make fun right. of it in a certain right. way. And my dad would tell this story about how when they were going through Pakistan and they stopped for ice cream. And my dad says, you'll be stopped for ice cream. And uh, the guy was asking us, oh, are you Persian? I said, yes, we are actually we are trying to get out of Iran because of our son. We're, we're escaping to America. And the ice cream man said, Sarbazi, Sarbazi, oh. police, police. And Sarbazi means he's like pulling one over on you, basically. Right. And he's trying to get the police. And my dad says, so we took our banana split and we split. Oh, wow. And I I'm, see where you get it. It's a dad joke. It's a, such a, a dad, dad joke. joke. But like like if a you, dad fleeing But joke. if you think about that joke, <laughs> the other side of that joke is they get arrested and thrown in prison yeah. and probably tortured. Right. And my brother becomes a martyr running through the minefields <sighs> during the Iran-Iraq war as a child soldier. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, and they're like, Sina, why do you want to be a comedian?" I was like, "What do you? You guys don't fucking get it. Yeah, this is it. This right. is it." How was the banana split? Uh, yeah, I didn't ask. Oh, okay, didn't ask. all right, it's good. It's I'll have to follow good. up with them. Yeah, right. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today. With each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. 
On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. So, okay, so that's 1979. Obviously, Americans may know something of this entire event. It was a plague for Jimmy Carter's administration. I believe it cost him the a worst. second term. No Iranian will tell you they like Jimmy Carter. Zero. That, which is a shame Zero. because he built so many nice houses and he's just a peanut farmer. I know. I, I feel bad too. I'm like, that dude fucked up, man. Yeah, but that was the thing. It, it, was, it was a disaster for his administration. And then since then, my God, what have we been dealing with in Iran that has led us to this moment 40 years later? So you imagine a revolutionary government is in there, mm-hmm. like revolutionary mindset, that yes. kind of shit. Sure. And so it's only gotten more extreme. In fact, Khomeini, the, the first one, he was against nuclear weapons. He was like, we don't need, we shouldn't be doing that. The next guy that came in was like, we need to up this shit up. Mm, <laughs> and mind you, they are so incompetent when it comes to these things that they have to use old materials. They have all that. That's why Suxnet worked so well, that Israeli virus, Israeli intelligence virus that they were able to install at all of these nuclear facilities in Iran that right. allowed them to fuck everything up, which is great. Uh, Alex Gibney did a great documentary on that that I right. recommend as well. The Israelis are very good at killing uh, any nuclear scientists that seem to, <laughs> to try to help Iran, too. They are very good at that. <laughs> it is like they are, I mean, I cannot express how incompetent the Iranian security forces actually are. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, when you're, when you're the bedrock of your power structure is like, like magical, not even like grounded, like, oh, Jesus, where's this guy? <laughs> it's more like, there's a magical man. He's going to come back and he's going to. I guess it's kind of like Jesus. But yeah, like, they're so It's so weird. They think this one of mom's going to come back. I don't really know. I, I've listened to this, like how it works multiple times. And I'm like, this is. I, Lord of the Rings is more straightforward. And so, <laughs> so it's it's astrology it's a sect too. of Islam. Yeah, or? so there's Shiites and Sunnis, and mm. you got the fanatical ones like Wahhabism, which was Osama bin Laden, and you've got the somewhat less fanatical and fake ones that are in Saudi Arabia. And then you got Shiites, which are the people that were in Iraq that Saddam Hussein was killing all the time, which is why they started warring. Right. And then mainly the Shiites were in Iran, right? And so this is when you know Islam came through all of the Middle East. Shiism was kind of what Iran adopted because it was a way of distinguishing themselves and holding on to their national identity. So that's the thing that distinguishes Iran from the rest of the Middle East is the fact that they have such a strong national identity. Mm-hmm. So much of the rest of the Middle East is kind of very decentralized. You know, they'll be rallied around religion or something. But the people of Iran, I mean, they still celebrate the Persian New Year. That's an old Zoroastrian holiday. That goes wow. back to ancient fucking times here. They're still right. saying Persia, right? They're sticking to but their yeah. old name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Persian right. Way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the oldest place in terms of civilization. Yeah. Uh, we used to run shit. Egypt to India. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, we were the shit. Babylon. Silk, right? Yeah. The stories of Babylon. It was the Tigris and Euphrates River. Right? <laughs> I mean, am I saying these words right? Is this seventh grade geography? <laughs> I'm learning so much. So it's a, a revolutionary government is running things, right? Sure. Right. And okay. so because of that, you have these social policies that come into play. And they try to say, like, we're, well, uh, you know, we have democratically elected uh, presidents and stuff like that and uh, officials, but we just talked about that's 
bullshit, right? Mm. And the the elections are full of shit. You saw that in 2009 when Ahmed Judd was elected and people were, you know, losing their shit and they came into the streets. The Green Revolution. That's the art. The, the millennial generation went mm. into the streets. Right. But what was the problem with that? A few things happened in 2009. Uh, one, the people that were in the streets were children of the revolution, right? So that's like my parents. I would have been a kid in... Uh, the streets right. protesting, right? And so we understood, or at least the the people there in Iran understood how bad it was for their parents, right? Mm -hmm. They understood how difficult everything was. Mm -hmm. And so when they came out and the Iranian government hired mercenaries from like Lebanon and stuff to kill people, right? they killed a few people like this woman Neda and she became a whole thing. People were like, ah, we've heard about how this goes down. So we're going to go back. Hmm. And a couple other things also happened. Not only were they getting killed in the street, but the United States didn't help. And by help, right. I don't mean send arms. I don't mean send intelligence. I don't mean anything. I mean, they were silent. Hmm. And this is when Obama has actually said he regrets being so silent. And this is why so many Iranians are so furious with Democrats in this country is because they've constantly wanted to engage and legitimize a fanatical theocracy, right? Mm. right? And the counter-argument that some people will make when I say something like this is like, oh, you just want to be a warmonger. You just want to go to war and bomb Iran and stuff like that. Now, that's a very American binary way of looking <laughs> right. at the situation. Yeah. And to your point from the very beginning of the show, foreign policy is actually very complicated. Oh, Lord. Right? Yeah. Because you could be friends on Monday and murder a motherfucker on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And so this is what is so hard for people to grasp is that there are actually two schools of thought when it comes to Iran in America. One is engagement, legitimacy, and business, right? So they like want to engage, do this nuclear deal, pay them a bunch of money, Roll the dice that if they become part of the capitalist system, they will reform, moderate, and everything will be great. And money will flow from America to Iran in a place where there's lots of natural resources, lots of smart people, good education when they can, you know, when they're mm -hmm. not fucking being killed. Right. And that on paper, you're like, oh, not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but really, in practice, it's flawed. Because mm -hmm. what does Iran do? They fund Hezbollah. Mm -hmm. they, right. They're the biggest funders. They're the biggest financiers. So they're Harvey Weinstein oh, of God. fucking terrorism. Right, right, okay? right. Okay? They fund all the terrorists. They're organized. The one thing they know how to do is finance terrorism. All right? <laughs> wow, yes. That's what they know how to do extremely well. So then there's the other school of thought where Saman and I and other people, um, Nazanin Bonyadi, the actor, Nazanin Noor, there's a lot of other actors that are that are trying to talk about it in this way. A lot of great people on Twitter as well that I'm happy to recommend for people, uh, which is human rights. Shocking. Mm. Mm. Shocking. Hear us out. Maybe a government that creates gender apartheid that doesn't acknowledge, acknowledge the LGBTQIA community at all mm -hmm. or that will kidnap and disappear people for violating the morals or the uh, the religious rules that they have there. And mind you, there again, people will say that there's a there's a constitution in Iran. Mm. No one follows it. Right. They will grab you, 
take you, put you in prison, and right, violate all of your constitutional rights. Then they will bring you in front of a judge, and, and the judge will say, all right, uh, 30 years for propaganda against the state. Yeah. And then they'll go back. And then your lawyer is like, hey, that's one second. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, no. So this is like, I could get into other crazy shit that Iran yeah. has done, but that's kind of brings us to today, right? 2000. Right. Oh, I forgot the most important thing. Oh. Everyone stopped watching in Iran in 2009 because one Obama didn't say anything, right? Right. right. All these other things were happening. It must be fine over there. Right. But you know what else happened in 2009? Um, Michael Jackson died. What? And when Michael Jackson died. I remember that because Twitter broke that day. Everyone. Well, I'll tell you what else broke. The back of the revolution at that time. Oh, no. Oh, because they were they needed that. They needed Twitter. They needed social media. And they needed those Facebook posts. Everyone mm. literally stopped oh, talking no. about Iran. Oh, switched to no. Michael Jackson. And they were like, want to be started something. Got to be started something. Uh-huh. <laughs> And that's Jeez. what that's that really that was the end. That was the end of it. Everyone went home. They were like, we're not going to die for this shit anymore. No wow. one's paying attention abroad. We don't have the support of anyone. But they needed. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Michael Jackson ruining lives all over the all world. Over the I had world. no idea. Post death. Well, <laughs> so this is this is fascinating stuff because you're right. I remember growing up, you know, I'm, I'm like you. I'm a millennial, older millennial, 80s, 90s. You didn't really hear a lot about Iran, um, Iran. And. But after 9-11, obviously, all of a sudden the Middle East was back Back in, in the fashion. News. And you're right. Also, uh, where, again, you have all these atrocities just happening in Iran with their leadership. But then from an American pr- perspective, it's like, well, the, what the Republicans chose to do after 9-11 was build a bunch of military bases in Afghanistan and then build a bunch of military bases in Iraq. And then you look and it's like, oh, Iran's right in the middle of all these military bases. I'm sure that's just a big coincidence. Yeah. And then the flip side was the Democratic regime um, or administration with Barack Obama was more laissez-faire. They, they, they had the whole Iran deal that they did towards the end of the administration that John Kerry brokered. And of course, Trump like ran on that in 2016 saying it was a terrible deal, the worst deal. So there's, there's all these different factors in terms of how American politicians have treated the Iran problem. But then there's, it's nice to know that at least there's some contingent in Iran or outside of Iran that's just trying to change it from within. So these American forces don't need to go in and build military bases because and the make Iranians deals. know they don't want America to come in. They've uh, right. America's already taken that a steaming solve shit. A problem, it, yeah, yeah they yeah. take a steaming shit in the Middle East. You we could argue n- we make things way worse. Way, way. We're gonna fund this side of the civil war. I'm sure that won't look be at, a look, problem. Look at 9/11. <laughs> yeah, Saudi Arabia. Mm. And then they call. They're like, hey, um, could you please uh, <laughs> yeah, just get the, get the plane for some of our. Um, Bin Laden, Bin Laden family members. <laughs> yes. yes, yeah, of course. And, and they were, and the United States was like, yeah, okay. And that that was that's their move. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. And we just Saudi Arabia. So this is what other people. This is what I'm also trying to say as well is that there's a lot of people, Democrats especially, mm-hmm. that want to make Iran into the next Saudi Arabia. Hmm. That we're okay with the human rights violations that are happening mm-hmm. there, but they are a strategic military ally right. against the war on terror. Right. Motherfucker. Right. Get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. Right, because that's what's killed all these people in, in Yemen right now is because we've given all this these weapons to the Saudi Arabians. And if you look at the nuclear deal, the Iran nuclear deal, it was a gamble. And it was, I was terrible deal. It was a terrible deal. I would have never signed that deal. This is a problem. (laughs) It's the art of the deal. (laughs) (laughs) 
But it's it was a gamble and arguably a gamble worth taking if it worked. If but it, it didn't work. Right. They, all that money went to financing terrorism again. It went. It Damn didn't it. go to a, the economic benefits of the people of Iran. That's for sure. Inflation skyrocketed. They had like a bird flu. The infrastructure in the company uh, in the country is absolutely dilapidated. So if you see an earthquake that's happened, which happens quite often, it wipes out towns right mm-hmm. and nothing and that's it that's the end of that that's the end of that fucking town oh jeez wow so uh we're getting to this point now where years go by and the gen z's are now the ones that are in this younger generation they're now activated they're more removed from the their parents kind of or or uncles or whatever have you that generation that was part of the original revolution right mm-hmm. right right and now they're not they've now been exposed to the internet for long enough. The Zoomers then. The Zoomers. These are the Zoomers. Where they're saying, fuck it, what the fuck? So then, I don't have to live this way. So then let me so let me bridge a gap in my head. So mm-hmm. then so they, they the the mil- the religious police kills this woman and protests start there. Yeah. And then the Zoomers go, while we're here, we're gonna address all these other things? Not or- even while we're here. There's uh, always been over the last, you know, even since two thousand nine, you'll see quick upticks Constant. in protests, mm-hmm. right? And they'll say things like, be shut off, be shut off, which is mean like, shame on you, basically. Right. Which is like a they're very, telling that to the government. To the, the government, okay. exactly. Never once, by the way, will you see a protest in Iran that says, please, no more sanctions. No more sanctions. <laughs> yeah. No more sanctions. No, <laughs> right. Not fucking once. Right, okay? right, right. What you will hear is, Marbar dictator, Marbar jombli islami, which is death to dictator and death to the regime. Wow. That's what you'll fucking hear. And wow. you'll hear Zan Zendigi Azadi, women, life, freedom. Wow. Wow. And those are what those are the chants you're hearing. You're not hearing, please rejoin the JCPOA. No one's fucking saying that. Right. All right. <laughs> okay. It's so fucking annoying. And on top of all of this, Iran, what they are good at is disinformation and media influence. Oh. Iran mm. has been using domestic actors called the Iran lobby, hmm. colloquially, to promote, and this is how the JCPOA worked initially, people like Trita Parsi, who was a person from NIAC, which is the uh, North, uh, National Iranian American Council. And they're basically backed by the Iranian government. And they will do things... Uh, that support that initial kind of group that I talked about. Business relationships, engagement, but on its fundamental basis, it is legitimizing the lunatics. Right. Legitimizing the Mm. theocracy. And this is the problem. Hmm. If you legitimize them, then you are saying it's okay for Massa to be murdered. It's okay for gender apartheid. Right. And you know who NIAC funds? Here's who the candidates they just endorsed, right? Katie Porter, Pramila Jayapal, Seth Moulton, Elian Omar, Tom Milanowski, Rashida Talib, Ra Ro Kanan, Anna Eskanamani. These are progressives. These are fucking progressives. Hmm. And so when this shit starts, when the stuff happens, mm-hmm. these people are silent. God, John Ossoff, they back I, John now Ossoff. I understand because Elian Omar mm-hmm. isn't going to go right. I understand now. Wow. And wow. so when you see people like Massey Alinejad, this woman who works for Voice of America, which is part of like the State Department, which is basically like how America delivers news to uh, authoritarian countries 
around these sensors of countries. They have one for Taiwan. They have the, all these other places, right? Mm-hmm. So they give like entertainment news or journalism for people and places that don't get access to it, right? Masiana Judd is this amazing human rights activist who started this thing called White Wednesdays, where women would wear white and they would also remove their hijab in mm-hmm. protest, right? Mm-hmm. And they would use their phone to capture anyone harassing them. And they would send it to her. She would post it on social media. It would go viral. And time and time again, this created a lot of headache for the regime because all Iran cares about is staying in power. Right. And the shame and the attention they get is bad for business. Mm. If you get all, if you see these human rights violations happening in front of you all the time, other countries and businesses may not want to do business with you. Yeah, obviously don't. And so what did the Iranian government try to do? They try to discredit her. They say that she's all these awful things. And just recently, they tried to kidnap her. And another time, a man with a gun and an AK-47 in his car showed up at her house and tried to kill her. Oh, my God. This is like, I, I remember Saman had a, a story about that too. And they this like, is, Saman was involved. Yeah. 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 Where uh, they tried to kidnap him and yeah. just tried to silence him because he was a media personality. Same thing. Same story. It was, it was happening at the same time with Massey and yeah. Saman. Yep. So in terms of, that's fascinating what you just said about the the progressives too, where it's, it's almost like foreign policy. America's foreign policy then influences foreign policy that then comes back and influences domestic policy. Because they will say, the Ilhan Omars of the world will say that, Right. What I want is is warmongering. What I want is to, and what Iran wants is to stand up to imperialism. Right, but her and paychecks is what's And it's right. like, mother fuck you to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. You are watching women, Muslim women, get murdered. Right. So go fuck yourself. Right. All of you progressives are full of shit because you don't stand up for shit if you don't, unless you stand up for human rights. John mm-hmm. Ossoff, ran a human rights newspaper mm-hmm. and he is fucking silent. Right. Silent when it comes to this stuff. I had to tweet at AOC and I know a lot of other people did and she finally said something and I said, thank you. Every Iranian says, thank you if you speak up for us. Right. Because mm-hmm. we appreciate it and we know how much it means. Right. All it matters is that people speak out. That is it. That gives voice to the protesters, to the people that are trying to change this government and change the regime there. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. So I have a question then, again, to the flip side of American politics. You got the the progressives that you're just talking about. But then I remember, you know, a lot of people forget 2020. What a year. It started off in January 2020 with Trump 
killing the Iranian general. Yeah, great. Um, I mean, good. That, that was one of Fantastic. those things where it was like... Good job, buddy. <laughs> Donny, very nice. So that was good? That was very good. Fuck that. Do you know how many Americans that guy has killed? I don't. No. Exactly, because they don't want you to fucking know. Whoa. They're just, oh, Donald Trump, the... I hate Donald Trump. All of us hate Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean a clock isn't right twice a day. Is that right. what the... Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's about six times now. So. <laughs> but it's like, and look, uh, the progressives or some of these other people will say, people were out in the streets uh, mourning Soleimani. No, they were baking cookies celebrating they, his you death. You were looking at it wrong. Your translation was off. Yeah, yeah wow. exactly. And they, they, And if you look even just recently... What are the protesters doing? Are they going to Suleimani's uh, mural and his and his paintings that are up in the city and saying, oh, Suleimani, we miss you so much. <laughs> they are ripping that shit down and burning it. Wow. Wow. OK, so I guess one point for Donald Trump. <laughs> what I, I, You don't need to give it, it, it. Someone else would have done it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like the guy needed to get got. Donald didn't do it. It's and like he, Tesla. Elon doesn't build cars. Donald didn't. <laughs> exactly. Do like, yeah. He got got. And like he's he is an enemy combatant easily. If you're yeah. ever going to define a guy as an enemy, that guy is bad. Bad right. fucking news. Now. Would I believe in the death penalty if we arrested him and put him through the civilian process? No, because I don't believe in the fucking death penalty. But if you're <laughs> right. at fucking war, motherfucker's going to get got. Right, this sure. This be raining down, I guess. Yeah. Warmonger Cena says. No, wow. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm kid, no, I'm kidding. I but, understand, though. It's a, it's a, it's a nuanced. And oh, it's yeah. nuanced. very nuanced. And, and, it's very tough. And saying that it's separate from America, based on what you just said, is obvious that it's not. Because right. it, it, obviously, they're funding... Democrats in our country, progressive yeah. Democrats. Yes. Right. This is how they take this thing of like peace, peace, peace. Who doesn't want peace? Right. And they have co-opted a lot of Iranians into this mm -hmm. thing. And you'll see Reza Aslan, very popular guy. He is co-opted into this as well. Hmm. These are these are things that, you know, even to me, I'm surprised by all the time because these are people that I appreciated and respected and enjoy. Then you see some speech they gave. Uh, years ago, you're like, God, fuck that. Jesus. Uh, it's so bad. They mm -hmm. will say things like anything that says this government in Iran is legitimate is wrong. Right. Right. This yeah, right. is anyone that's going to at me and say that more. Please at me with whatever you want. But all I'm going to say is, are you OK with the murder of innocent people happening weekly? Right. Getting disappeared. Yeah. And people not knowing when you're going to come back or if you could just be held against your constitutional rights. I mean, the things that the Iranian government has done to its people is atrocious. After the 2009 protest, there was one guy who was on the cover of The Economist. They found him. They took him. They put him in a uh, the Evan prison, oh. the worst prison in uh, Iran. And they put him in a room that was lit the entire time. So it screws yeah, up your circadian rhythm. Oh, no. And then they played a voicemail, basically, of his mother mm. asking where he was oh, and God. begging for oh, him to come home. Just torture over and Christ. over. Not over yet, boys. Oh, no. Here's the headliner show. They take him to a room, blindfolded, okay? And they make him step on a chair and they put a noose around his neck. Then they take off the hood that he's got, or the blindfold or whatever, and there's a guy on either side also with... Uh, hoods oh. and nooses and they kick out the chairs of the people on either side of them and they die ah. and then the, they take the noose off the guy in the middle and they bring him back to his cell 
Ah. Oh, God. And ah. then they make him con- uh, confess on camera that he was part of the what they called the Velvet Revolution or whatever at that time. And they say, I was doing propaganda against the state. And they let you go. Dear God. So, <sighs> Iran, dear buddy, is very good. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, please. Like, it's it, it makes me, I mean, I, I'm prob- so triggered over the last <sighs> three weeks. All I could do is watch this stuff online. So, right. you're catching me at a really keyed up moment. No, uh, but that's good. In general. I mean, you know so much more about it than, than any of us and, and most Americans, obviously. So it, it's good to have this kind of insight. Um, what do you recommend for people to watch, to get the real story? I mean, Al Jazeera America and democracy now are the two main outlets I've seen covering uh, a lot of these protests. Yeah. Are, I, are those probably the most fair? Don't watch TV. Um, right. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. Well, um, I don't even know if CNN's like covering this kind of. Jake stuff Tapper's right now. actually been the one good one. Uh, oh, he's Jake. been having Massey Ali and the Judd on. He's been covering it. Jake Tapper, I think, has always had a good head on his shoulders. He kind of understands how um, how to report things properly, and he sure. understands these things. Uh, MSNBC, God fuck them. Uh, <laughs> Fox <laughs> News plays this as their own advantage. Right. Like, this is like Joe. This is Joe Biden's foreign policy. Look at, look at yeah. Joe. Look yeah. at Joe. Look at Joe. Look, at, Joe. look at these. Look at these poor rugheads over there. Somebody's got to help them. <laughs> huh? News at eleven. Yeah, uh, they're all upset about Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah. That's what I <laughs> this heard. Is what they, Welcome exactly. to Hannity. So, um, on, not to be like self-serving, but like literally, go on my Twitter. And you'll see all the people I repost. And you, reco- you repost and recommend people, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, Sarman Arbabi and is great to follow on Instagram or Twitter exactly. as well. Exactly. Sarman Arbabi, Masi Elinajad, Kave Shiruz, Karim Sarjapur. None of you are going to be able to spell these names, so just follow me <laughs> right. on my fucking At Sina now. S E E N A N O W. Just look. You don't even have to follow me. Just fucking go on my page. Find the people that I'm reposting because I'm reposting the correct people. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I had to get awakened about Reza Aslan recently mm-hmm. because I've been in touch with him and I've interviewed him before. I didn't think he was in the NIAC kind of world, but I found out recently about the bunch of speeches he did and a bunch of things that he said that are super problematic mm-hmm. and I'm not okay with it. And I mm-hmm. fucking deleted any sort of tweets that I had Brave about it. Brave of you for making sure that you can, like, you know, recount. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and this is it's not- okay to be wrong it's okay to get new information and go hey i was wrong about that exactly person. here's my you know here's my reasoning and i'm taking it all back i had no idea it's fucking crazy it's yeah. very upsetting and you know uh, again i get it capitalism cash rules everything around me cream mm, get the know. money dollar dollar bill y'all <laughs> and that's what a lot of people use to like you know run the system they think capitalism will fix everything mm-hmm. and you know it's good for high frequency trading not for human rights right right and in, in that terms obviously those are the media outlets. Check out Cena on Twitter to, to get the full story. Um, what type of solutions, long term and short term, yeah. are you looking for here to, again, we're focusing on the regime? That's the real problem. And yeah. Americans, again, as we've highlighted, seem to be wrong on either side of the political aisle. So what can, you know, normal folks do? Everyday folks. And I want to I want to add. This isn't about the the hijab specifically in this, because some women and some Muslim women do want to wear the hijab. Yeah, right? go. God like, for bless. example, what's happening in India right now. Yeah. India schools have banned the hijab. So basically Muslim women are violating their decency by going to school. And so 
there's there's people on both sides of the aisle. So I just want to I just I guess because I'm an American and when I think, oh, the hijab is the bad thing. No, some women some women want to wear it. Some women that it's okay. Wear that shit. There's plenty of pictures and I'm going to be what I like to do sometimes is I'll just like repost. I put a bunch of like the photos and and videos that I've seen. I'll put it together in one post and I'll repost it and stuff like that. And I'll try to cite everyone that I get it from. But there's a great photo of these women having tea and it's like two women or three women with hijabs off and one woman with a hijab on. And they're just fucking having tea and hanging out. And that is what it matters. There's even pictures of women with a hijab on holding a hijab on a stick out in protest of the compulsory hijab. What we're talking about is the compulsory hijab here, people. We don't want this. Whoever thought. We don't want the state to come in and tell the women what to do. You would think that would be a progressive fucking value, mm. but no, it's not apparently. It's only for American women. It's not for women in another country. Cultural relativism is the fucking devil. Hmm. Wow. So right. what do we want to? What do we want people to Short do? Short term and long term. What do we need? Short term, just post. Just talk about it. Get go out to dinner. It, get likes on it. That's it. It's incredible how much this works because right now the difference between now and two thousand nine, people are getting shot. They're mm-hmm. getting killed, mm-hmm. but they're still going. They're still coming out in the streets. And Michael Jackson is already dead. He's already dead. <laughs> and Coolio died, and it didn't have the same impact. Oh, <laughs> Angela Lansbury not even moved the needle. Yeah, what? Exactly. Oh, I got to go rewatch Murder, She Wrote. Yeah. Now there's a woman with freedom exactly. to murder people on vacation and then act like she knew how it was done. <laughs> so um, that, that matters a lot. To, to actually post because it gives them energy. Mm-hmm. They don't need arms. It's not Ukraine. We don't right. need to do a weapons depot drop. Right. You know what I mean? This is just, they need to know that we are watching and that we are supporting, that we're cheering them fucking on. Right. And they will do this. This has to have, there's already strikes, uh, labor strikes happening across the country. That's great. And so those are things that are super important. And those how do those keep moving? Just like any labor strike here. If people don't pay attention, then it goes away, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if we keep paying attention, if we keep retweeting some bullshit, it's fine. This is the first time where click clicktivism or whatever it's called really works. It really, really does work. Well, like you said, the Iran government is affected by this. Yes. Truly. It really is affected They're by it. It's already working. Mm-hmm. So the other thing to do for the uh, American government is to not bail out the Iranian government, not to... Uh, pursue the JCPOA and renewing the deal. And just yesterday, uh, we're recording this on what Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I think it was yesterday, Wednesday. Um, this week, the state. This week, the State Department announced that they're not engaging in talks anymore with Iran on the JCPOA. Wow. And before that, they were reaching out. Mm. They were reaching out, be like, "Hey, you want to talk? Let's talk. Let's <laughs> not make a deal. Don't worry about it. Uh, we, uh, I know. I, you know. I know. Pe- I know. People are upset. It's fine. It's <laughs> oh, fine. Geez. Why don't we talk? Why don't we talk? Now they're like ghosting. They're leaving yeah. Iran on read. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> leaving Iran on read. And, and yeah. so it's good. Yeah. You know. And so it's like that is. Um, that that's what's really important because what we want is regime change in Iran, yeah. but we want the people there to do it themselves. Exactly, and that's what's like the tough part, even about the phrase "regime change." Sure. Right? Regime change has this connotation that we're going to go you in. Think about has to go in and do it for Especially you. Especially with no. Iran, you think of 1953, you think of 1979. Yeah, like, maybe third time's the charm. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but it, it's just that government needs to be gone. They yeah. need to leave. Send the know. Gen Six in there. I'll fix it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So those are the 
those are the big, big things. And the, the disinformation that you see out there where if you see literally anyone on the news or anywhere not saying the things that I'm saying right now, right, that are human rights are being violated all the time Which and is that the needs key to stop. Thing, right? That's it. Yeah. Just think about human rights. Right. That's all that should matter right now. When people will say, uh, there is actually a, in the New York Times, they have New York Times is fucked as well when it comes to this stuff. They'll say that it's all about the economic problems oh, in Iran, really? right? They'll be like, oh, if they're listen, this is about gender apartheid. This is about human rights being violated. They're killing women mm-hmm. in the streets. Yes. Are there economic problems? For sure. Yeah. But guess what's yeah. <laughs> guess what's first? Right, right. Guess right. what's first in fucking line? Yeah. Stop talking about money. Talk about the human like you want to see peace. In in Israel and Palestine, where Palestine could potentially have uh, its own its own state, two potentially state solution, yeah. two state solution. Well, that has a much better chance of happening if Iran isn't funding Hezbollah. Right. If mm-hmm. if of all these things aren't happening, mm. if the, that area isn't just right, yeah. exploding. Literally, right. those guys are saying we should wipe Israel off the map, and like Israelis <laughs> are all jacked up over there. Right. They're like, well, fuck you guys. We're <laughs> right. backed by America. We've got better. You know, we're all on Slack in Israel. <laughs> sure. We know how to get organized. <laughs> right. So, wow. <laughs> they're on Slack. They're on Slack. And Iran is on MySpace? Mm, MySpace. Yeah, they're like on Friendster, man. Oh, they're wow. Like trying to like boot that shit up. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I think the other very important thing you do mm-hmm. is do not use the Iran flag emoji. Uh-oh. <laughs> tell me more, but tell me two days ago when I texted you about this interview... <laughs> And as I type in Iran, uh, it's obviously the phone, the Apple phone, very evil, automatically gives me the Irani flag, and I keep it in there as an emoji, and I send it to Sina, and he's like, no! (laughs) Because it doesn't represent the people? Yeah, if you look at the symbol on the front of it, right, in the middle, it's it's the Islamic Republic sign, right? Mm. Um, And then you told me you were recently in Mexico, and then I put in that flag, and then those flags are very similar. (laughs) If it's 11 p.m. and Do Travis has been having a no, good time no, no. that night, you're just sending flag emojis <laughs> that are all wrong. The Mexican flag is a proud flag with a snake. I mean, an eagle eating a snake. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. See, that's a kind it's of flag you need. And what's also funny is, too, is like if some people will wave the old flag, which I, I have a tattoo of the old flag on my leg, which is the lion with the sword and the sun in the background. Oh. That's the flag of the Shah. And for a lot of people, that's also not a great it's flag to wear because you're like, oh, bad flag. Yeah. But it does represent of like, let's get this regime out of there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All so. right. So that's that's what you can do in your everyday life with your Iranian friends is not send them the wrong flag emoji. And check in with your Iranian friends, please. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And also, again, just, oh, God, I feel like such a, I mean, I changed my profile pic to free Iran. This is the most tacky thing I've ever done in my well, life. Follow guys. me in yeah. between my <laughs> tweets. So, do well, you understand how much it takes for me to be doing stuff well, like this? I, I, right. I don't even promote my own show this much. You're saying it because <laughs> we'll you're, get to it, you though, researched right. it, though, right? Because these tweets have been you you legitimized what you're reposting. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. You you. I'll go to the grave with the shit I'm posting, and if not, yeah. I'll delete it later and, and say like, "Well, fuck me." Uh, yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> I was hacked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, I, I'm assuming you do your research when you're telling yeah, us. Yeah, so oh, I like yeah. to. I like uh, this is. I've been looking at this space since '97 or so '98. You know, I've been watching this stuff go down when I was just old enough to kind of be awakened to it. Right. And this is the biggest thing since the 79 revolution and it's happening and it's led by women inside of Iran. They are literally fighting back with their fists, 
and kicks and globs of people are going after police. They're hunting down spies that are infiltrating their neighborhoods. Wow. Fucking them up. And it is so fucking awesome to watch. And it is traumatizing for me. And I should probably take a break, <laughs> but I refuse. That's right. Well, I want to thank you for not taking a break. Yeah, right. And yeah, not and talking not, with us. Yeah, yeah, and talking to us about it. Um, I hope this is educational for everybody. I honestly learned a lot. We hang out a lot. Yeah, Sina, we do. And this is the most I've learned from you in a 40-minute <laughs> span. Uh, as long as our friendship has gone on and I hope it continues and I hope this revolution continues for the betterment of the Iranian people. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And because this, uh, again, this, this... You know, I want to take my son to Iran. I want my family to go to Iran I and not be, be afraid. It's, yeah, I want to go the party most, there. The I, most uh, biodiverse diverse places in the world, right? Yeah, Jeff Ross was in New York and he like stumbled upon an Iranian protest and he made this whole video and stuff and it was so great and somehow my algorithm didn't show me it and Eddie told me about it. Right. And I watched it and I, like I almost came to tears. I was just so happy that Jeff did that and I, I sent him a message and I was just like, I can't t- tell you how... It, how much it means for someone in your position to to post about us, right? right. And like, I, and I, I was like, I hope one day my son can get roasted in Tehran, and like, <laughs> oh, that'd be great. And then, you know, that's like, you know, I'm getting emotional now, but like this, this is real, guys. And right. like, all you gotta do is just, you know, when you see a cat picture. Also, look up a Iran picture and post it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the power of the click. It's yeah. the power of the algorithm and social media. And in this situation, it actually makes a difference. So thank you, Cena. Follow Cena on Twitter, Cena Now. And, of course, check out Fraudsters Season 3 coming out next week. Woo-hoo. Very exciting. You could do an entire Fraudsters season just on foreign policy alone. I know. You could do I know. multiple years and seasons on <laughs> I want to do policy. a foreign policy show, but I think my wife will kill me if uh, I do right. another project. He's also an amazing father and an amazing <laughs> husband, so he's not going to do that shit to his family. Yeah. But thank you again for sharing thank your you insight, guys. my friend. Check him out also on Karen Hunter's show every yep. week. And, of course, we will be back next week with another exciting interview where we'll learn about another exciting place in the world that we've never been to before, and that's Georgia. But it's the state. Oh, With our friend Corey Ryan Forrester from uh, Well Read Tour, the Liberal Rednecks. And, of course, Ben will continue to do his dispatches from Europe. Hopefully, he doesn't have to take any detours uh, through Tehran right now. And if he does, (laughs) he'll be a giant amongst men and women, and maybe he'll be the leader they need. Hopefully, he uh, shows his modesty. Hopefully, he uses the right emojis and I'll let them know right now. Yeah, don't fuck with those emojis, guys. (laughs) Fair enough. Thank you guys for listening to Top Hat. We will be in touch. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. Bye now. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. 
Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. 